Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. And you guys, this story that I am about to share is like mind-blowing, amazingly successful, and so inspiring. Um, I'm talking to Katerina from Macedonia, and her story, I'm not going to go into too much detail because she tells it all at the beginning of the podcast, Um, but I want to tell you a little bit of a spoiler in the middle that we talk about. She, in her first year of freelancing, is earning more money than she earned in her previous year as a full-time designer. And not only that, but she is so much more fulfilled by her work and creatively stimulated and inspired and passionate than she was previous. She, her first job in the industry was working at a brand doing tech packs. And she was really a lot more passionate about the creative side of the process. And that's where she felt she was stronger. And she wound up being let go because of COVID. And she decided, I'm gonna pursue the creative side of things. And she went into textile design, which was not what she had studied, not what she had any experience in. And yet she is crushing it as a textile designer, making great money and super fulfilled. She says that this is, for the first time in her life, she feels like she is doing what she is meant to do. I mean, how inspiring and heartwarming is that? Um, We talk about a lot of things, how she's getting her clients. She's working exclusively on Upwork right now, though she's wanting to get off the platform. Not get off, but diversify and get some clients off the platform. Um, But she talks a lot about how she thought about her pricing, how she put her portfolio together since she didn't have any experience as a textile designer, and how she's getting her clients, what her process of working with them looks like, um, red flags that she looks for when talking to brands about working with them, and so many valuable things. So if you are trying to maybe break into a category or a niche that you don't have experience in, if you're trying to kickstart your freelance career on Upwork, if you are just inspired by freelancing and you want to learn all the things, this interview has everything that you are going to be so excited to hear. Um, I cannot wait to introduce you to Katerina. Now, Katerina is one of our Freelance Accelerator students um, who's kicking major ass like many of our students, and I'm so inspired to share her story. If you are looking for more hands-on on personalized and step-by-step support for your career as a freelancer in the fashion industry. I would love to help you out by giving you some of our best free resources. You can get those by heading on over to soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. We will hook you up with a ton of free resources to get started. And from there, if you are interested in learning more about our Freelance Accelerator program fast, we will let you know when it opens. It's just a few times a year and I'd love to share the details about that. So head on over to sohi.com slash freelance, give you a ton of free stuff, and you'll be the first to know when Freelance Accelerator opens. All right, enough of that. Let's jump into my conversation with Katerina. Here we go. Um, Katerina, welcome to the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I'm super, super excited to have you here today. And uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself to everybody and letting us know who you are and what you do in the fashion industry. So hi, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, so I'm Katerina. I am doing uh, textile designs, uh, custom textile designs for small brands and uh, startups. So um, yes, I work mostly on Upwork for now. So yeah, I'm going to talk mostly about that experience. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So just to give people um, an overview 
like, what's your full experience in the fashion industry? Like, where, just quickly, like, where did you start? How long have you been doing this? Did you go to fashion school? All that sort of stuff. Yes, so I did go to fashion school. I uh, went to uh, IED in Milano, in Italy. So I studied fashion design, exactly, like uh, actually not anything related to textiles. Okay. And um, I'm like one of those people that you talk about all the time, how like in fashion school everything was perfect, they were <laughs> killing it and stuff, and then got out of fashion and uh, fashion school and they could not uh, find a job, like they yeah. were super lost. That was me, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like uh, I could not find a job for... Uh, a year and a half, actually. Okay. In fashion. After and were you still in that. in Italy? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I was there, and um, yeah, I was like applying, never hearing back. It yeah. was really crazy. I was feeling so desperate, and yeah. uh, eventually, I decided to go back home to see. I don't know, like maybe maybe I will find something here. Let's see what happens. Because yeah, I was just really in a lost place. Yeah. And, uh, so where's actually home? When I, in North Macedonia, Skopje. North Macedonia. North Macedonia. So it's not a fashion uh, place at all. Like there no. are not many opportunities. Yeah. So this is the interesting thing. Like I was living in a fashion capital where yeah. there are supposed to be so many opportunities and stuff. But actually, the bad thing is that there is also so much competition. So mm. there are so many people like you, and it's really hard to stand out, mm -hmm. and especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. Like maybe somebody who has a lot of experience can stand out, but if you are just like coming out of school, it's really, really difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. I okay. don't know. So, <laughs> so you moved yeah, so back, back home. Okay. Yes. And back home, actually. The first application that I sent, I, I got the job. Wow. So it was really strange. I did not expect that. Yeah. Uh, as I said, it's really not a, a place with a lot of opportunities in fashion, but I think that's what made it possible for me to stand out because there are not so many people who do the same thing. Yeah. Especially not so many people who studied like in a fashion capital. So yeah. I think that was a big, uh, big plus for me. Yeah. So, uh, I was working there for one year. It was like, um, it's a ready-to-wear brand that is mostly doing like formal office uh, wear for, for women. Okay. And uh, I was mostly doing uh, tech packs. Okay. Like, we had a local factory, so that was really good because I got to follow like the whole process. Yeah. I got to see like the people who work and really communicate with them. So I learned like how to like which are the information you should give to the factory to understand yeah. how to you know like sue the things and everything. So it was really useful. But um, yeah, I was always uh, better at like doing the creative parts than the technical aspects of the things. Okay. So. When when I lost that job because like during COVID, okay. you know, crisis and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I lost the job like many other people in the company, and uh, that's when I found you. Okay. <laughs> yes, and uh, I I never considered freelancing before. Actually, it's not something I I was thinking about. Why is that? But, uh, um, I don't know. Maybe I was just like. I don't know, I was maybe ignorant about it. Like, okay. I didn't think it was an opportunity in fashion. Okay. 
I also maybe wanted to be like, um, I thought that having a job, a full-time job is more secure. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that's why. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yes, uh, when that happened, uh, I decided to give it a try. Um, I learned a couple of things, how to like, uh, you know, like um, introduce myself to brands and uh, how to approach brands. And uh, I found out about Upwork and I decided to try it. And it was really like amazing. <laughs> really yeah. great. I finally decided, you know, I was also having problems with deciding like what to do because as I said, I was always good at like the creative stuff. Yeah. But I, 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 could never find those opportunities so I didn't think it was an option yeah so that's why I focused on on tech packs but uh when when I like learned from you how important it is to actually like pick a niche and really learn that one thing that's when I realized okay so why do I what is it that I love doing the most it's drawing painting and fashion so how can I combine those two yeah textiles yeah <laughs> that's how I came up with it and um, yeah like on Upwork um, it's been really really easy for me to find clients yeah unlike any experience before so I'm really I'm really amazed <laughs> that's amazing I'll quote you if that's okay I'm not an exact quote but but generalized from something you emailed to Tara and I which was in your first year of freelancing, you've earned more money than you earned in your previous year as a full-time employee. In your first yes. year of freelancing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah. No, How does I'm that also, feel? I, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Especially, as I said, like coming from a place when I was desperately sending so many applications yeah. before and never hearing back. Yeah. And now, like... Immediately, like I think I sent uh, three applications, and the third one I actually got the the job. So oh, on Upwork, three proposals on Upwork. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. So it's a huge difference, and I it's something I did not expect. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really really amazed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how does yeah go ahead yeah. No, sorry. The most important thing is that I actually get to do what I really want to do. Yeah. I know the money is like great and obviously we need money to live, but I know most of us haven't gone into fashion because we're like wanting to make a million dollars. We do it because we love the work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. But then when I, I thought that I'm going to have to do like tech facts forever. Then I was like, okay, then maybe I'm not going to love it so much. Yeah. So yeah, when I found a way to, to do what I love to do and just be creative, it was really a win-win for me. Yeah. How does it feel to like, not only be making a lot of money, but, and more money than you were before, but, um, to get that creative fulfillment, what does that feel like? Um, I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really, I'm really excited about my future and my career. And I think yeah. I can grow a lot and learn a lot. And like for the first time in my life, I feel like I have chosen the right uh, path for me and oh. I'm like doing something good. So That's amazing. Yeah, it's a very powerful feeling. Yeah. yeah, that is a really powerful feeling. And like, what a moment to feel like this is the first time in my life where I'm really doing like what I want to do. Yeah. That's huge. No, it, it really is the first time. Like, yeah. 
I, I have never said this before <laughs> for anything. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk through some of the details. So you, um, you got let go because of COVID. Was that right around March? Mm-hmm. No, April? like uh, the summer. Yeah, July. Okay, a few was, months. Yeah. Okay, and then you found my resources. And then when did you when did you join Freelance Accelerator? Uh, so I joined it a little bit later, actually. Like uh, when was it? April two thousand twenty one. Oh, so, okay. So we're December. Yes, so yes. just like six. Is that what? Eight months yes, ago. Yes. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And so, had you gotten started on Upwork on your own using a bunch of my free resources? Because, like you said, you yes. weren't even thinking about freelancing necessarily as an option. And then, you know, you found the resources mm-hmm. and you used some of those free resources to get a Kickstarter. And it sounds like you started to see some success. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what happened. Um. And so you didn't have a background in textiles. You didn't study that in school. You then had a job doing tech packs, which is very opposite of creating textiles. Yeah. Yeah. So how, like, did you put together a self-directed portfolio? Like, how did you present yourself and get those first few projects without any experience in that specific category? Yeah, so I... uh... I got a couple of online courses as well on on doing textiles. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, that was smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did uh, I did learn a couple of different techniques uh, like digital painting. I already knew how to do something uh, uh, by hand, uh, either painting or sometimes collage. Like I did do okay. some stuff before. Okay. But uh, digital painting, I didn't know how to do. So yeah. it's something I learned by myself uh, on using online uh, courses. Yeah. And uh, and yes, I put together a portfolio with very few projects actually. Like yeah. I don't know. I had less than ten patterns, I think. Yeah, you don't <laughs> need a lot. No, you really don't. Like so, really, really few. Um, and yeah, I, I started applying, uh, okay. I tried to choose, um, so at that time I did not really choose a, a category, okay. like for what kind of fashion, okay. it was more based on the style, Okay, you know? You have a very so, specific aesthetic and it could be kids, it could yeah. be teens, it could be like whatever, as long as it fits into exactly. your aesthetic. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. So it yeah. was more the, the type of style. And, uh, and yeah, I did get a lot of response because uh, the people that uh, were looking for that kind of style yeah. saw that like I uh, yeah. am a perfect match for what they were looking for. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, really, it was a super, super small portfolio. Like really. Yeah. So, not I, a lot of work. <laughs> no, I love that you say that because, uh, I mean, I think in, in fashion in general, people really obsessed over their portfolios. And I get it. You know, you're putting yeah. yourself out there as a creative and it can feel really intimidating. And so you want it to be perfect and exceptional, but it doesn't need to be massive, like a few projects mm. and then being really, really focused, especially for textiles, because the number one problem I see with textile designer portfolios is they've got like prints that could work for like 10 different styles of brands. And if I'm a brand that like wants this specific style, it just feels really cluttered. And I think, you mm-hmm. know, you can offer different styles, but you have to be careful what the what the potential client sees because 
they can lose it real fast if they're like, I don't know, she's a little bit on style, but not really, but you're very focused. And so that's, it sounds like that's worked really, really well for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then how did you figure out like what to do for pricing? And, and I imagine there's been a little bit of a learning curve there. I'd love for you to talk about that. There There still is. There still is. It's, it's never ending. Um, it's never ending, yeah. yeah, I I like to sort of use the example of like it's like learning to sew. You can read all the books in the world about learning how to sew, watch all the videos. You just got to start sewing, and you'll make mistakes, and then you'll get better, and you'll learn. And there's new advanced techniques and all that sort of stuff. But you have to just do it. So, tell us a little bit about your pricing. If you're open to share numbers, I always think that's really valuable to talk about in our industry because people are so timid about that. Um, I'm trying to do a better mm-hmm. job at exposing it. So like, how did you start? Where did you figure out your pricing to begin with? And then where are you at now? I guess a year, a little over a year later. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I really started just by thinking, okay, so, uh, what would it, what it would look like to like uh, make maybe the same amount of money that I made before in my uh, actual job. Okay. And then I also studied what other people on Upwork with similar experience, amount of experience as me were charging per hour. Okay. So like that's kind of how I came up with the number. And then what happens very often, I mean, I'm open to both really working uh, by hour and working by fixed price. It really depends on the client and what they prefer. Yeah. So let's say that like my rate goes between 20 to 27, depending on like how long the project is, how complex it is and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Per hour. Yes. And so is that, did you start at like 20-ish an hour and then you slowly like built that upper tier of 27? Exactly. Okay. Okay. And have you gotten, like what is your customer's response or reaction been to your pricing? Well, um... I mean, for most of them it's okay because I'm mostly, uh, so like, if, if I were to uh, talk to a customer in North Macedonia, that would be, like, impossible because it's a number that's, like... Based <laughs> on the cost of living and the rates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. No, and also compared to the salaries here, uh, uh, it's, it's just really too much. Like, so, what's a yearly salary for, I don't know, just, like, a base-level job? Like, I don't know... Like, let's say that uh, for most entry-level jobs in fashion, and I think in most places really, like entry-level is probably between three to 400 a month in euros. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that might be like five, like roughly 500 a month in US, yeah. which would be six. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe about, so let's mm. say 6,000 a year. Yeah, I'm not very good at math. So. Okay, okay. I think that's, <laughs> that's the right math. Yeah, well, 500 times 12 okay. would be 6,000. Okay. So, right, for customers in your region, in your country, that price, 20 to $27 an hour would be very high. But then for you as the yeah. freelancer, you could be making, let's see, let's say 500 US a month, three or 400 euros a month, 
or you could be making, let's average $24, $25 an hour. You could work 20 hours and you've already made $500. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's insane. So <laughs> the like, the yeah. differential is insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's really insane. So yeah, yeah. No, it's really, it's really good because on Upwork you can mostly find actually. Uh, I mean, for me at least, yeah. I have found mostly clients uh, from like America, Australia, yeah. Western Europe, so countries that can really afford this pay prices. that rate. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, it's been it's been really great for me to be able yeah. to find uh, clients from like different countries. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have clients all around the world. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Okay, very <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, Europe, America, Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh A lot my gosh! Of different yeah. places. Yeah, this is and amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I love. I love working with people from everywhere. Like you, you get to learn so much from everybody. You, I learn like something new from every client. So that's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. I, I bet it's a lot of fun to like work on a variety of projects too. Instead of, I mean, I know that when you were working for the brand, you were doing tech packs, you weren't doing creative. Um, but to get to do yeah. creative for a variety of different clients and projects, that must be pretty fulfilling. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah it really is. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your process. So you you find the opportunity on Upwork, and then what does your uh, proposal look like? What do you write in there? Yeah, so uh, as you always say, talk about them. Don't talk yeah, about you. That's right. Like, that's really, that was my number one mistake. Yeah. I realized that's probably why I never found uh, a job right yeah. when I graduated from university yeah. because that's the biggest mistake I used to make. Like Everybody I would does. talk about yeah. my experience, like this is all the skills I have. I know so many things. Well, well you know. Everybody I don't know. does that. I, don't feel bad. When I think about it now, I, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I'm really glad that I I learned how to do that well now. Yeah, I remember like actually I used to I used to Google maybe like how to write a good cover letter and yeah. I would read that it's really important to talk about the brand and I used to do that like maybe I would write one sentence about the brand but then everything else was still about me so yeah. it's so still it's like didn't work. Five percent about them. It needs to actually be like five yeah. percent about you. It needs to be the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Which feels really weird and I think for people and they're not really sure how to do that. Mm. Yeah, and it, it can be difficult if, if you don't know uh, who you are talking to, like what yeah. brand you are talking to. Yeah. But I always try, whatever information they give you on the job posting, yeah. use the same words, use the same language that they yeah. use, really try to tell them like how you can help them, uh, maybe like go through all the process of how working together would look like. Uh, then if you have more information, the better. Maybe sometimes they, they even send like a photo of, of, for inspiration. Like this yeah. is, we are looking for something similar like this. Yeah. So really like I, I try to tell them, here's how I would make it. This is the technique I'm going to use. So I just give them as much information as possible. And I talk about their project and what they uh, they need. So. Yeah. About me, I am only saying my name. Uh, I'm a textile designer. I love to work with small brands and help them 
you know, create uh, bold and eye-catching textiles. And yeah, like that's the only thing I would say about Yeah, myself. right. That's all you have to say is like one sentence is more than enough. Yes. And very often, uh, once we like uh, have the interview and stuff, they don't even ask me about my past experience, like how many years I have worked, I where I've studied. They don't ask for your resume. They don't ask for any of this stuff that people freak out over. Yeah. Yeah. I used to freak out about that too, but actually nobody asks me. Nobody asks. Like sometimes maybe, but it's, it's rare. They really care that like, can you give them the result that they want? And are you going to do a good job and like take care of them and be a good freelancer that's going to deliver on time and be reliable? That's what they care about. They don't care where you went to school. They don't care if you have three years of experience or zero years of experience. They just want you to be able to produce the thing that they need you to produce. Um, Okay, so you you send the, the... proposal mostly talking about them and then it sounds like you typically get on a phone call or are you doing a zoom or something like that well it depends you know sometimes if it's a bigger project usually we do uh, a video call okay uh, very often if it's a small project like they only need me to do one print and okay. that's it yeah. we don't even have a call like okay. they just want uh, me to do the thing as soon as possible and yeah. we just discuss uh, you know like okay so this is going to be the technique like how if you know we discuss if we are going to do project uh, based pricing or, or uh, per hour so we just define all the um, how do you say that like the scope like, of the project, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like we just define all the things. And uh, yeah, nothing. Then I just uh, send them drafts. Like that's a very important thing, actually. Uh, I find that the clients really, really appreciate when uh, they are like a part of the process. So yeah. like I send them draft versions before I actually finish the whole thing. Okay. But like I show them a little bit and uh, if it's going in the right direction or not. So like they can really be in, they can really be involved in the process. And if they have some ideas, sometimes some new ideas come up as we're working on it. And yeah. it's, re- it's really nice. That's really nice. I, I really like that. And uh, they also really appreciate that. Yeah, that's amazing. I give that space. That's yeah. good. I think... Um, an oversight that a lot of freelancers have is they sort of just, oh, here's the finished thing, and you haven't like really kept the client in the loop. But like you said, they want to be involved in the process. They want to be kept in the loop. So that was really smart of you. Um, I'm curious to know, like when you first started on Upwork, I think a lot of people have their they're like, oh, I don't have any reviews. You know, how can I get started from zero? Like it's only the you know, now they've got different badges and stuff, but like it's only the top rated people that are going to get any work. Um, did you, were you nervous about that? And, and like, what was the, I know you said you, I think you said the first three proposals you sent out, you got one of the jobs. Yeah. And then like, no. what was it like sort of building up your profile on there so that you had like a little bit more validity, which I think can ultimately lead to, getting a higher percentage of the jobs that you apply for, but starting at zero can feel really tough. No, it did, definitely. I, I heard a lot of stories and I knew that it's uh, it takes some time to actually get the first client, so I was a bit scared of that. I was, I was yeah. very skeptical, 
but I don't know once it happened and it it happened as I said like the third application which I I don't know maybe it was like two days after I joined the platform so oh wow super really, fast it was super fast and I think it's exactly because I, w- I came prepared so I I used all the strategies. I talked about the brand in my application. Yeah. Uh, I I showed them my portfolio, which was only what they needed to see. Super focused. Yeah. Super focused. Like my my portfolio before was a little bit of everything. So, <laughs> like everybody does. <laughs> Another yeah. big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, terrible. Yeah. Oh no! I I I would only show them uh, what they need to see. And uh, I guess that's what uh, put me ahead in uh, compared to a lot of other yeah. applications. I, to- I it totally is. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, um, I think it really shows when you've done that effort to actually select the work that you're gonna show those. So something that is super relevant for what they're looking for, and also the the. The message is customized. It really shows if it's customized. Like, oh, yes, it, it does. It shows a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, all of those things really matter. If you can also find uh, the name of the client, that's also a big plus because nobody does that. Like, yeah. Nobody goes to that extra effort. So, um, yeah, all of the little things that you can do really make a difference. Yeah, they are so many little things. Um, so it sounds like some of the projects have been really big and some of them have been small. Are you getting like repeat work from some clients, like ongoing? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Yes, so you're yes, not yes. like constantly uh, applying and getting new clients. I mean, maybe you are still getting new clients in the background, but... Sometimes. Yeah, you've got yeah, some yeah. stability. No, sometimes I, I do. Sometimes I do still apply, but... Uh, Mm, not so much anymore because I have like two clients that are constant okay. since uh, last uh, summer. Okay. And then I have another client that uh, is not exactly constant because they are a super small brand, so they have a very small production. So they need me like maybe only two, three times a year and yeah. they, they contact me only then. So it's still repetitive yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like most of the other ones that I've worked with, as I said, like most of them are really small and have a small production. Some of them are even like startups, their first project really. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, most of them have told me actually that, uh, they would love to work with me again. So like, can, should I feel free to contact you when, uh, I need you again? And I'm like, yes, please. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Are you um, transitioning any of the projects off of Upwork? Because I know they take some pretty high fees. Yeah, they do. At the beginning, I used to feel really bad about that. Uh, (laughs) Now I kind of accept it because at the end of the day, I realize it's been really so easy for me to find clients there Mm. that, I mean, I don't know, maybe they deserve it. Like, (laughs) I don't know, really. Uh, I haven't tried to to, uh, go off. Uh, take it out yes Uh, I have been thinking and it's something I'm working on right now Uh, I want to start uh, finding clients outside of the platform okay so yeah that's something that I'm working on right now I actually got one already through a a friend of mine who was working with him and they needed a designer so he recommended me and yeah uh, yeah, we started working together. That's like my first client outside of the platform. So it's it's been really nice. Yeah. 
And yeah, no, it's something I'm planning to do. What has inspired you to want to work outside of the platform? Uh, well, because I think I can find um, brands that are like really, really people that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. Like even on Outwork, I find some, but not always everything is exactly like the most stimulating project ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes uh, the work is repetitive and... I don't know. Like I, I, I really I follow a lot of brands on like Instagram that I really like, and so I'm thinking that it's time to approach them. <laughs> okay, so just from a creative perspective, you're like this brand looks amazing, and the Upwork projects they're fine and they're working, but you'd like to pursue some stuff that's a little bit more that you're a little more passionate about, maybe creatively. Yeah, also, also. I mean, as I said, I have found really amazing projects and also, like, stimulating projects on Upwork, but yeah. it's not, like, always the case. Totally. So so mm-hmm. it, it would be really good to be in control of of that part as well. Yeah. And I also just want to, like, test it because Upwork is a really safe space for me at this point. Like, yeah. as I said, it's really easy for me to find clients <laughs> there. Yeah. Like, uh, I now I learned how it works and I'm just, like... I don't know. I feel like it would be really interesting and stimulating for me to really try and approach brands and see if I want to use all these strategies outside of a platform and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think it's like the next step for me. Yeah. I've heard that from other freelancers um, inside of Fast who have seen great success on Upwork. A lot of our students have, which is amazing. Um, Because I used to not be a big promoter of the platform, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, because I think it used to have a reputation for just really cheap brands that wanted something for a really low price, but it's changed a lot over the years. And so many of our students have seen massive success like you. Um, But something I've heard from a lot of them is that they're very comfortable in Upwork and going outside of Upwork can feel a little bit, I guess, intimidating or I'm not sure what the right word is. Yeah, no, it's it's very intimidating, definitely, because, yeah. um, so for me, like, I'm very, like, I used to struggle a lot with my self-confidence. I was like, okay, how will I convince people that they need my services when, like, yeah. I don't believe that I'm good enough either? So, yeah. I don't know, it's just something that didn't feel very, it was very outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And um, on Upwork, it's, it's easier because you know that they are looking for someone, you know, they already need you. Yeah. So it's much easier. And it's, um, it's like, I wanted to get some validation (laughs) in an easier way Yeah. (laughs) before I actually like put myself out in the world. And like, I approach blindly to, to brands and, uh, yeah, it's, I, I really needed these wins to get the confidence to actually do that. Yeah. So, so. how do you feel now? Like you said, you you had you were not very confident. You weren't sure if like you were good enough, or you were questioning your worth. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel now that you have really established yourself as a successful fashion freelancer, and you? are doing a great job you're getting clients really easily like how do you feel now about yourself and your worth as a designer compared to when you first started 
I mean, the insecurity is always there. Of course. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, think it, it ever never goes fo- away. It doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends also on like what kind of person you are. So I don't know. I'm that kind of person that like no success is enough. Like yeah. I can never prove to myself that I'm good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the insecurity is always there, but I feel. You know, once I've had that validation from a client that is really happy and they give me work again and again, it makes me feel like, okay, maybe I can do this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that has definitely helped me feel more confident. But I mean, I always struggle with it. It's always there. I can't say that. Yeah. It's not happening No, (laughs) it will never fully go away. I mean, I know after freelancing for 10 years and just anything day to day in life like it never you you can get stronger but it's it's always there a little bit yeah yeah i don't know it's really i i learned to trust my gut a lot like i okay. really um i always used to think that doing business in a way because that's what freelancing is in a yeah, way you know it's a business. business by yourself yeah i i used to think that everything needs to be like really you know programmed and everything needs to be um how to say like very organized in you in your head like before you do anything before yeah. you say anything yeah but actually a lot of it is really um intuitive and i realized that like my following my my intuition is actually bringing me to really good points yeah so I need to I need to just trust myself more it's really what's all about can you give an experience yeah okay go sorry well can you give an example of like what was a situation where you felt that it was intuitive and you just trusted your gut on that like what exactly are you talking about um like about everything really about like the, the pricing as well about mm. the business aspect of it but also the creative part mm. so like this is something that happens all the time to me <laughs> even today but at the beginning a lot more yeah uh once i started working on a project like the first day or two i like go into crisis i get crazy like i think oh no i cannot do this i yeah. should just tell the client that i cannot do this whatever yeah. But, um, I don't know, I keep on trying, I keep on, it's, it usually happens, especially with like, uh, very experimental projects, very experimental techniques that maybe I haven't tried before. So okay. I, I applied for it because I think it's really cool and I really like it. But then once I work on it at the beginning, I always go crazy, but, um, yeah, I just decided at the end of the day that I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to uh, work, like, I'm going to do everything that I can. Yeah. And actually, those are the projects that turn out the best because yeah. they are super, super experimental, super unique. So, yeah, like, those projects are one of my most successful projects. That's amazing. I think, you know, as creatives and I think, you know, the fashion industry is really good at sort of beating us down and making us feel like we're not that great. And, um, I think the truth is that most of us know more than we think, and we're, we're better at the things that we do than we think and better than we give ourselves credit for. And so to just, it's hard, right? It's a constant struggle and it's never going to go away, but to constantly remind yourself, like do a gut check, 
no, you know what? I do know what I'm doing. I've got this. I'm going to follow my intuition and it's going to be great. And it's like you said, those are the projects that have been the best. Yes, yes. Those are the most fulfilling ones because I I just tried so many things and something worked, something didn't work, but yeah. That's awesome. It's really... It's a really nice process at the end of the day. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, What have you learned about working on Upwork as far as maybe spotting red flags for clients who, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, just something that like people say and experience. I think this is actually the minority, but you tell me what your experience has been. You know, clients who are like, oh, I'm going to reject the job and not pay you or clients that are just going to be difficult to work with or something like that. What has been your experience with that? And what have you learned as far as, like I said, spotting red flags to maybe be able to pick that out at the beginning before agreeing to the job? Yeah. Um, So I've never had somebody not pay me. Oh, that's great. I I have had uh, some that... um, like maybe we agreed on a on a fixed price and like two to three revisions mm-hmm. included, mm-hmm. and then when they asked me for more revisions than that, and I would be like, okay, so like these were the revisions that were included in the price. Yeah, these are not included. Like they would just be like, oh no, but it's such a small revision. How can you ask me to <laughs> pay for this? Like, yeah, I've had that kind of experience. So what do you do in that um, situation? I don't know. It really, <laughs> I don't know actually what you do in that situation. Like, well, what uh, did you do? Uh, nothing. I just tried to explain to the client that uh, we agreed to this, and yeah. you know, it's it, those are the rules. I mean, if it really uh, means so much to him, okay, I will do this revision without uh, actually getting paid. But I do not want to continue working with them if this is how they are going to yeah. go about. It you know yeah and yeah they simply they were like okay then like <laughs> we are not going to work together anymore okay <laughs> so you hold like, your ground yeah, yeah. and then that's just not the right client for you because they're not respectful yeah, of your right time client. and your work okay good yeah, yeah, exactly. good for you exactly that's i think the worst experience i had okay um, Nothing more than that. And I mean, it's important also to mention that it was a client who was already, uh, who already asked me for less than what I uh, normally uh, uh, There's charge. your red flag. There, there was the red flag, exactly. <laughs> but I really thought the project is really interesting. Okay, yeah. So, so I was like, okay, like this is really stimulating. So I would accept it. Yeah. But yeah, I shouldn't have <laughs> because that red flag was like it continued throughout the whole work. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and that's one of the things that I love about freelancing is that, you know, you're the boss, you're the CEO of your freelance business and you get to make the decision. So you thought, okay, they're asking for a lower price. Now you know that that can be a red flag, but you get to make the executive decision. Well, this is a project that feels a little bit more creative. And so, you know what, I'm going to do it. And you learn something from it. And maybe you still had fun doing the actual creative process. And there you go. You move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I don't know. It's it's really exactly. It's up for you to decide um, if you want to what you're going to do. If you're willing to lower your price for a project, that's really cool. Yeah. 
and you think you can really learn a lot from it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's really it can turn out great actually. Like maybe totally. the first project maybe the first project is gonna be paid less, but then they actually have a big success and they can pay you more. Like yeah. I don't know, it really Yeah. Doesn't have to always turn out bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And that's why you get to make the decision whether or not you wanna give that project a shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, going back to something we talked about a little earlier, I'm curious. So you kickstarted your freelance career using our free resources, which is amazing, and you got some success. What was it that made you decide to enroll in Freelance Accelerator? Um, were you stuck or like where were you at that you were like, you know what, I'm going to take the next step and, and do the program? Um. It's not like I was stuck. It's just that I got to a point when I was, I realized that I'm ready for like the next step. Okay. And I knew that the course would help me grow from there. Yeah. So that's what convinced me. Yeah. And then did you see, did you see growth? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, especially the, yeah, the way that I communicate with the clients and like uh, being really thoughtful and really treating them as friends, yeah. just, you know, like treating them as friends, being a real human being, caring about them and their success yeah. Yeah. and uh, giving extra credit, yeah. like all these little <laughs> things have definitely, have definitely made a difference. And just like the whole experience with somebody is really, really nice and yeah. pleasant. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Katerina, I am so excited about your trajectory already and what's to come. I mean, you've got, you're so young and you're just getting started. You've got a huge career in life ahead of you. This is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, you should be really proud. I know you've put in a lot of work to get to where you are, but you're kicking so much ass and, and I'm really proud of you. Um, was there anything I didn't ask or anything else that you'd like to share about your experience? In your career? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I um, I mentioned everything. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I can't think of anything. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah, Where can people connect with you online and learn more about you and what you do? Um. So on LinkedIn, um, I. I actually don't really use that much socials. <laughs> so, okay, that's totally fine. But on LinkedIn, uh, yes, I'm Katerina Dimovska. Okay, we'll link to that, on, yeah. Uh, and on Instagram, Dimovska Kety. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's something like super new that I started doing actually, like uh, posting work on Instagram and stuff like that yeah. just to, you know, I don't know, maybe something will come out of it. But it's, it's not like my most important way of uh, finding clients. Yeah. So you built everything without any social media or without LinkedIn or anything exclusively Upwork. Yeah. I think, I think social media just takes too much work and I'm not sure how, like how much you will get out of it, honestly. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And most people I talked to told me also that on Instagram, uh, what happens to a lot of designers and artists is that mostly other artists start to follow you instead of clients. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, great, but, you know, if if you're not getting the clients from there, 
maybe maybe try a different way. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. And then I'd love to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the, at the end of the interview. I think you know it's coming. Yeah, you've listened to the podcast before. Uh, of course. <laughs> what is one thing people never ask you about being a fashion freelancer that you wish they would? Uh, so... I wish they asked me more about um, really like how I feel, am I happy with what I'm doing, yeah. how stimulated I am and all that stuff. Like yeah. really most people just like to talk about, yeah, like, so how much money are you making? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's the only thing they care. And I don't know. I mean, it's all good, but I also, it, it seems like people are just not uh, interested to know how actually happy I am with yeah. this career. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're uh, so happy, you're ecstatic. And exactly, I'm so happy. And uh, I wish that uh, the conversations I'm having with people are more focused on the positive aspects of it. Because yeah. usually, as I said, people ask me about like either the money or the problems about it. Yeah. But there are so many good things. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I would like to yeah. let people know. It's, yeah. it's really nice. <laughs> I like that. And I hope we talked about it enough. Um, probably not enough. We could have definitely talked about it more. I think that when it comes to freelancing, it has such a connotation for being like, oh, you're freelancing. Like you're basically a starving artist, right? And so, right? And you're eating ramen, like yeah. <laughs> barely making any money. And so people are really curious about the financial side of it because I think it's like a quick and easy validation of like, okay, on paper, are you air quote successful? Um, and I think that's where people get really, really hung up because you could talk all day about how happy you are and people are like, yeah, but she's probably not making any money. Like she's the starving artist and she's so happy doing her creative work, right? I think that's just like the stereotype in, in freelancing and especially in fashion because it's not at, it's becoming more and more common since the pandemic. And I think our, our world and our industry is changing, but, um, I don't know why I felt obliged to offer my thoughts at least on why the conversation tends to go towards the financial side of it. If that makes no, any yeah, sense, not that it's yeah, okay, but I think so too. Yeah. No, I think so too, and it's okay. I don't mind having those conversations. But, but what I was saying is that, um, like, very often these conversations that I'm having with people tend to have like a negative. Um, yeah. You know, like the whole conversation is just negative and talking about like all the bad stuff that uh, go into being a freelancer and like the, all the insecurities and. Like what do they say? Yeah, like. Uh, they think that, uh, first of all, like you don't have any security. You don't know like if you're going to make it next month. Like how are you even having constant work? Yeah. Uh, what kind of clients do you work with? Like, yeah. Can you even, if you're not like fully working for someone, can you even understand their needs? Oh, yeah. You know, like okay. stuff like that. Yeah. I am... Yeah, I don't know. They usually, I think most people have um, negative thoughts about freelancing and they probably just want to know if it's true or not. So that's what they ask me. About that's the why money, they ask yeah. me that. But yeah. Who, but no, it's really cool. It's like, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I know it's really cool. And you're, you're like, you're, like you said, you're doing like the, you're feel like for the first time in your life, you're doing what you're meant to do and you're so fulfilled and you're doing the creative work that you yeah. love. Um, 
what, like, who are the kinds of people that are asking or saying this kind of stuff? Is this like family members of like an older generation? Is this like other peers in, in the industry? I'm just kind of curious, like, do you see a trend of like what type of people those comments are coming from? Uh, so since I don't know many people from the industry, yeah. uh, this really comes from people outside of the industry, yeah. mostly like, yeah, okay. like elderly people, but also like elderly people, people from my generation. Okay. No, also, also my friends. But, oh, okay. Uh, all of them are working in different, uh, industries, so okay. they don't know anything about fashion, but yeah, yeah they still yeah, have this negative, uh, assumptions about fashion and working in fashion, freelancing in fashion, just all the things. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can just take the initiative to be assertive and beyond all the financial questions, just tell them how happy you are and how fulfilled and you're getting to work on projects you love and you're not doing tech packs all day, which was great and it was a job, but you didn't actually really love it. And now you're getting to the creative work you're so passionate about. So I think sometimes it's on us to do a little bit of um, gentle and kind education to other people. (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katerina. It's been awesome having you here on the show and getting to hear your whole story. And I'm so excited for you and you'll have to keep us posted on, on how your career continues to grow. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heidi. Really. Thank you so much for all you do. Really. All this uh, success is only thanks to you. So I really am so thankful and uh, I will definitely update you on how it goes. So you're so yeah, sweet. it's been really, really nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I really appreciate each and every one of you being here today and spending time with myself and Katarina to hear her story. It's so, so inspiring. Um, I hope you're having an awesome day, whatever it is you are up to. I also want to give a big shout out to two people behind the scenes that really helped make the show possible. That is Tara, my right hand in the business who does so many different things, one of which is coordinating the podcast and making sure the show actually happens. And second is Mark, my husband, who does all the tech and editing and make sure that the podcast sounds good in your ears and looks good on video here as well if you're watching on YouTube. Um, Beyond that, again, thank you so much to you for listening. If you want to see massive success like Katarina and you are not sure exactly where to start or what to do or what the whole process looks like or how to figure out all the business things when it comes to freelancing and setting your pricing and doing your portfolio, all the things that can sound really overwhelming, I want to hook you up with my best free resources. Head on over to SoHeidi.com slash freelance. We'll link that below in the show notes and I will send you a ton of free stuff to help you get started step-by-step. Beyond that, if you are interested in our Freelance Accelerator program, um, it opens just a few times a year, and signing up under sohai.com slash freelance will get you on the email list, and I will let you know when the program opens and share all the details, and if it's something you're interested in, we would love to have you. All right, thank you again for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.